Made a wrong turn once or twice. Dug my way out, blood and fire. Bad decisions, that's alright. Welcome to my silly life. Mistreated, misplaced, misunderstood. Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He is at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. And Ed, how are things in the Midwest? Uh, Snowy yesterday. Snowy, really? Yeah, it was like... It was not fun to drive oh, yesterday. Awesome. Today, well, I mean, then it rained right after that, so it's been fine since that. But for a hot hour, it was not fun. We were in New Hampshire this weekend. We were actually in New England because we were in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and I drove to Vermont for uh, for a day. A couple of hours. <laughs> for like, yeah, for like 90 minutes. I drove like three hours to Vermont, and then I had a meeting for 90 minutes, and I drove three hours back. But it was awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, but that was the only time I really saw snow yeah. was when I drove to Vermont. Well, there was, it did snow up at the lake, but it, it melted by the time you got home. <laughs> <laughs> Some wacky weather. It it's was wacky in weather in New England, yeah, totally. It was beautiful, though. I mean, it was mostly sunny and clear. And, uh, Ed, had the midterms go? Um, it's, it went okay. It, it went exactly how I thought it went. It didn't go perfect. It didn't go terrible. It went... Okay, and okay is okay. Well, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay right? It's okay. okay. That's awesome. <laughs> it's okay. Well, we are back to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled "I Kissed a Girl." Uh, this is our uh, oh, what Michael David sent me an article. I think it was on TVGuide.com that referred to this as a very special Santana sode. <laughs> uh, which it was. It was yeah. a definitely a Santana sode and a very special one at that. Absolutely. Uh, lots of Naya Rivera. This seems, she seems to be our Kurt this season. She is our breakout star this year. Well, she seems to be our centerpiece the way that Kurt yes. was our centerpiece last year. Absolutely. All the casting, uh, or all the Glee kids singing her songs to, uh, to bring her back. 
And uh, yes, and then of course we had uh, Bert and the outcome of the elections and lots of drama in this episode, actually. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff crammed into this. It kind of felt a little bit more like season one when there was just so much going on and and so many songs and and every song was also telling the story. It wasn't just a performance song. It was actually very integral to the the whole episode and the, the plot and everything. So it was kind of fun. And uh, Jennifer, you know, on a scale of, uh, you know, uh, season one to season two. Oh, well, it's <laughs> definitely, you, it's definitely more in line with season one. I, I would I would give it um, I would give it a B plus plus a minus. Hmm? I don't know. Wow. So right where would you put this episode? Well, season three storyline wise, I felt hasn't really faltered too much, but the songs have been hidden miss no not hit and miss it's just been miss and <laughs> oh yeah mostly and season two was like i felt like the songs were overall good but the storyline was miss so this this episode brought brought it all together so there were yeah. stronger there were definitely stronger um stronger songs in this episode I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give you that it's funny we got a couple uh we got emails from a couple listeners uh, I think it was listener Jonathan who had said this is his first A-plus episode of the season. Uh, lots of people really liking this one. I was kind of, when we first watched it, I was a bit lukewarm on it. Uh, I, I did, I really liked the music in this episode. I think it was just the overall tone of people. I couldn't quite grasp what the goal was with Santana. Like, what they were trying to accomplish. I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. And Honestly, like when a person is sitting there and another person is singing directly into their face, it makes me very uncomfortable for whatever reason. And so a lot of this episode was just me kind of being like, oh, that must be so weird to be the person sitting there Um, or the person singing. Either way, this is just strange. But then after I kind of like got past that and I thought about it a little bit more, I mean, this was a really strong one. Um, I'm still not 100% crystal on what the Glee kids were actually trying to accomplish, but there was a lot of good stuff in this one, and uh, and it was a fun episode to watch. And and it's like you said, Jennifer. It's when we talk about season one, we always kind of like we have to remind ourselves, like, oh, all those plot lines took place in one episode. You know, you go back and watch like episode three, and you're like, oh my god, so much stuff is happening in this episode. Um, and uh, and and we kind of drifted away from that for a while. And this is definitely one where so much stuff happened in this episode. So that was kind of fun, but Santana is going to be the main topic of the day, so we can definitely talk a little bit about Santana. Uh, this was kind of the fallout from her being outed by that ad and uh, her relationship with Finn. There's been a lot of debate on Finn's uh, leadership and mm-hmm. his um, uh, his behavior in this season. Jennifer, how did you feel? Uh, I guess in a way this was Finn trying to kind of, I don't know, how did you feel about it? I, I thought it was, um, I mean... Although it wasn't his fault that, you know, some idiot politician decided to out her in his ad campaign, uh, I think he was still trying to make amends and just reinforce with her that it doesn't matter, that they all care about her and they all love her and she can just be herself with them and, you know, that if any place in the school, you know, the Glee Club is a place where they can all be together and be themselves, so... I I liked it. I mean, I don't understand why he had to have both of the Glee teams in the room together for the week or something, but 
um, you know, that was just kind of odd. It just <laughs> because every time you put them all together in the room, I'm thinking, okay, now you have enough people to actually compete in sectionals, as opposed to when you're in, as two separate teams. And I still don't know how the numbers add up. Yeah, well, that, they've totally glossed over that particular aspect, which mm. we'll have to talk about a little later. Um, but Ed, what? How did you feel about uh, you know Santana and Finn and and how things went down? First, I want to say that in the in the live stream sh- or Ustream chat, there were people like talking about how there wasn't enough clay. And I'm like, is is it become a season two standard that for an episode to be great, it needs to have a clay moment? Is that like required now? They had a song together. I know. And they I know. Opened I know, up that I know, that was a they- song that they sang to each other in the car. That was kind of cute. I thought that was sweet. Right? It was a sweet moment without it being heavy-handed. I mean, it's just not the, you know, there was nothing about them in this episode. And that uh, that Escalade that we haven't seen, the Navigator that we have not seen since, like, episode four. Uh, Kurt's Navigator that his dad got him for not wearing uh, oh. long sweaters. <laughs> something like that. Sweaters with trains or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. What were you saying, Ed? Oh yeah, um, Sorry. oh yeah, and then I don't know. I think the I was I was confused at how genuine the concern was, but I, after I got over that, I thought I thought the I thought the dynamic was good, and and although although they like they it's like it's like they were like oh Finn needs to be a leader at this moment. What 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 is the Finn Santana connection? Oh, they slept together. Years ago. Oh, that's right. Okay, we'll use that. Yes, yes, that's the reason. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That felt really forced to me. Like, I wanted him to just say, like, look, I made a mistake. I want to make it up to you. And, you know, I want to do this not even for that, just because you're a human being, you know? And, like, yeah, you, exa- you, we've been yeah. in the club together, you know? But, yeah, he had to have that line about, like, you were my first and that means something to me. And that didn't feel as genuine to me. Like everything leading up to that, I was just interpreting that this was just like Finn doing the right mm-hmm. thing. Right. Exactly. Or even if he said, you know, well, hey, I have a gay brother and, you know, I know how exactly. hard it's been for him and, or something like that. But I would, I would be sooner believe that. Than... Yeah. Yeah. Because she's been so brutal to him about their, I mean, the the onslaught of insults about his physical prowess and physique is really uncomfortable and the fact that he's still nice to her this episode was hard for me like that too because of this whole like even as he was you know going out on a limb so that she didn't get suspended and and you know going to all of these lengths to try to like make some kind of a statement she continues to just insult him incessantly and and never let up and i just I don't understand. Like, I know people love this character, but she's lost any enjoyment for me. I just find her to be mean. And I know it's like, oh, that's part of the fun. But I don't know. I I just, like, a character like that, I just want to hate. Like, if she was a person in my actual life, I would hate this person and do everything I can to destroy this person. But, you know, because she's Santana and we know that she's, like, you know, got a heart of gold inside that we somehow forget how insanely evil she is to everyone. And abusive. Yeah, like just straight up abusive in the face of everything. You know, her justification for slapping Finn is like that she has some multiple personality, which, mind you, was very entertaining. But again, I'm just kind of like, 
If this person was in our in your real life, you would do everything you could to destroy them. And yet for some reason on a TV show, we're like, oh, she's hilarious. Like she deserves all of our sympathy. So I don't know. I'm just so torn on on her as a character. But the intent surrounding her mm-hmm. was was, you know, was a genuine one and one that, you know, I did find uh, for good television, shall we say. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and we, we did open up with uh, Perfect, which was the first song that Klain performed to, uh, uh, to, I guess, in their effort to kind of like help Santana come to terms with the decision that was being made for her in a way. Um, and uh, what did we think of Perfect? Ed, our Klain, uh, our, our Klain duet for this week? I thought it was... Okay. I, didn't, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was capable. And it was, I don't know. It just, the song doesn't impress me. I was thinking about it when I was listening to it. It's like, in tw- 10 years, am I going to look back and be like, oh, that pink song. Perfect. Oh, that one. That was the great one. <laughs> yeah, right. That was literally what I was thinking while I was watch- when I was watching. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the pink song. No, <laughs> I, f- I forget it's even in her, like, repertoire. Uh, totally, totally. Jennifer, what, 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 how did you feel about Perfect? I mean, I was enjoying it as I was watching it and, 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 you know, watching the interaction with them and everything. But I mean, listening back, I'm like, I I think they could have done a, I think they could have found a better song, you know, for girls, about girls, by girls, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I struggle with, you know, where they're like the, the world of great, music written for girls by girls about girls you know what it would have been better in that exact scene who you are jesse J. don't know it uh but to- <laughs> okay. but but honestly i give a lot more credit to jesse J than i give to pink i don't know i just I, to a certain extent i just feel like in the world of great music written for and about women we ended up with a pink song and a Katy perry song like i kind of feel like we could have done a little better in you know if that's if this is the girl music episode we did and we got melissa thurston we got katie lang like Mm -hmm. two great empowered dolly parton the queen of empowered female singers you know dolly Mm -hmm. parton who wrote all the songs for herself when no one thought she had any business doing that like those are great empowered powerful women i don't feel that way about pink and i certainly don't feel that way about katie perry um which like is is Katy Perry the girl you love to hate? No, not hate no. Love, I don't love. Hate, I don't love. <laughs> we to had hate this conversation the other day. Yeah, I, I think you hate. I think you hate to love her. I think you really I like. I really her. don't. I really don't. No, but you really do. You no, really do we do. want to talk? Should we talk about the Katy Perry song? We can talk about sure. the Katy Perry. Song. I, I sure. I'm willing to All talk right. about that for the next three hours. Go. <laughs> well, here, let's take a listen to it. It's it's a good break for a song. Let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, this is I kissed a girl, um, it, as performed by the group. And uh, originally by Katy Perry here on the Gleeful Podcast.
Yes, uh, someone said in the chat room, Glee's on a mission to perform the entire Katy Perry catalog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, okay, this is my problem with the Katy Perry song. Not the, not to mention the fact that it, like, it's written by two people, and two, or four people, and two of them are men. But this moment in the show is, it was Santana's empowerment moment. This was the moment where Santana said, you know what? My parents accept me. My grandmother doesn't. I'm, you know, I'm taking ownership of this in my life and I'm going to be proud of it. And yet she sings a song that's about getting drunk, hooking up with a girl while she, while you have a boyfriend. It's a total exploitation. It's like Girls Gone Wild. It's like Santana saying, I'm empowered in my womanhood and secure in my sexuality. And I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing a song about Girls Gone Wild. Like it totally doesn't fit. My opinions about the quality of the song are totally something else. Uh, but that was really what disturbed me about the moment is it totally went against all of the great things that were happening to that character. Totally undermined it when she sang a song about getting drunk and hooking up with a girl. It just didn't fly, you know? So it really bothered me that they did this song. It's total exploitation at a moment that shouldn't have been exploitation. Ed? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to interrupt you to make sure that there weren't any other points. No, that's I mean, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're wrong, because you're not wrong. But for, for, for younger audiences, this is... The, and, and honestly, this is, to my, to my, recollection, my recollection, like the first, like, well, I mean, you can argue sixpence, none the richer, kiss me. But this is like the first like modern pop song that dealt with lesbianism besides well okay six months that, for, okay well just to correct you sixpence none the richer is a christian band that song was totally not about girls kissing um i thought you think you had jill sobules i kissed a girl no i thought it was uh, no sixpence on the richer i thought kiss me i thought i thought okay maybe not no. <laughs> anyway, this is the first, regardless regardless now, regardless anything yeah. not related to elephants is irrelevant <laughs> so uh Regardless of that, uh, the it's like a, it's a it's a my, mainstream lesbian pop song, even though it really is. But this isn't a lesbian pop song. It's a drunken hookup song. Is, I don't know. I mean, like, there, there's nothing. There's it's, it's, impo- it's still it's okay. You're right. This is a Kardashian song, dude. Like, there's nothing. This isn't a lesbian song. Okay, but it's still empowering on some level that it's socially acceptable to at least do it at at any point uh, so it's socially acceptable to make out with a girl after you've had too much to drink that is that that is empowering on some <laughs> level <laughs> go <laughs> I, I i don't even know what to say dude i, I don't even have uh, it's, i mean there's <laughs> I, I don't know jennifer there, 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 what you're saying is right but there's more that can be drawn from the song than what's literally there. Jennifer, any opinion? Oh no. I'm good. They, the fact that they let it, they, the, the, it got played on radio, and the fact that it was such a massive hit, like, like there's there's more there's more connotation to the song than the song itself, which is which is exactly what, you're, what but, you said it is. But no, but. I mean, like, Too Close got played on the radio, and that was about getting an erection on the dance floor. Like, 
you know, that that doesn't give any like depth of value to the message. Okay, just just to to help uh, support Ed here a little bit. Okay, yes, if you truly analyze the lyrics of the song, that is it. If you just take, you know, some of the 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 impression of the song, you know, like you, you yeah, the vibe of the song, the, the, the um. Not even the intent. What am I trying to say? Yeah, the vibe of the song. It's 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 silly. It's fun. It's kind of in your face, and it's a little naughty. And I think that is all they were trying to convey with it. I don't think they were. <laughs> I really don't think that you know. Again, that they they always match the songs as best as they can to the actual moment and the actual um, message and the you know the the true spirit of that storyline in this particular case they got as close (laughs) as they could apparently while still keeping it fun and contemporary and entertaining for the youngins i guess yeah i mean it's just excuses though it's just rationalization Uh, which is about 50 percent of this show (laughs) again you're searching for realism and not realism True life situations? No, not even that. I'm just, I just, I feel that she deserved better. The moment deserved better. Like the moment that she became empowered in her sexuality and accepted herself, she deserved a song that was about. She did that at the end. This was, this was like, this was chasing away a bully. Well, which, you know, it's kind of ironic. (laughs) Again. Chasing chasing away a bully in the hallway. That's all. (laughs) Let it go. Yes, hashtag Josh, stop overthinking it. Um, the hashtag Jennifer actually uses in our conversation. Uh, <laughs> I know, I don't tweet, but I hashtag to his face. So, <laughs> yes, well, so that's, there's that. Uh, <laughs> all in all, though, I think I think that Santana got a really nice episode. We can talk yeah. about the abuela scene a little bit, um, where her grandmother kind of told her, leave this house and never come back, or actually didn't kind of tell her. It's exactly what she told her. Um, I The scene fell a little flat for me because we've never seen this grandmother before. And without any context on the character, it felt kind of strange to have such an emotional scene with a character we've never seen before when we could have had it with a character that we, you know, have at least met once or twice. I don't know, but I don't know, Jennifer, did that scene kind of ring true for you? No, I felt, it's just, um, yeah, it was, it was kind it was kind of just, it was a little awkward for me watching it. Um, I know they wanted to, you know, they, they wanted to show that, okay, not everybody's family's, accept them fully for you know who they are and for them coming out and being open and honest with them and and you know she's of an older generation where you don't talk about stuff like that and you know it doesn't matter what you do just don't tell anybody about it and you know don't 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 force me to um don't force me to know all the whole situation yeah like i mean she seemed okay with like if she suspected it you know, it'd be fine, but just don't address it. Don't, don't put it out there and, um, you know, just keep it a secret. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of confusing because the, the, the family portrait that Santana has painted, um, you know, she talks about, you know, her abuela, <laughs> you know, calling her some other name and trying to trying sell to her, sell her. <laughs> and, you know, some, some other crazy stuff. So to, to, to see this, you know, very sweet, um, 
seemingly sweet woman and then and just have her be so so flat out you know no this is not acceptable and you're no longer my family that was kind of hard i mean i'm i'm sure that happens so i'm sure that's you know like not everybody has you know bert Bert as a dad so to see this it was just yeah because there was no other point of reference um beforehand other than you know grandma trying to sell her um and this was our first encounter with it it just felt yeah like there there had to be more like there it felt like it was missing yeah it's kind of like if 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 that was in the next episode, like say in the next episode, one of the subplots is that Santana is like having a little trouble dealing with it or or there's something going on so that her abuela is part of the episode, like part of the plot. Right. And then it ends like that. Yeah, yeah. it would have carried a lot more weight. It's like, like if we met her at the, the exactly, know, West Side Story or, or something. something. Or at the West Side Story, like, you know, um, like um, Mike Chang's mom being there. Yeah. And you would even... Or we'd made the observation when we were rewatching it tonight that immediately after that scene is when she does constant craving. And so we go from that scene to a commercial. We come back from the commercial and she's like happy and secure. Yeah, she's again. like, I'm at peace. And, and it yeah. was kind of like, I, un- I, I respect the show for bringing that up, you know, because that is a really, a, a very real aspect of that situation mm-hmm. is not everybody is cool, you know, Bert Hummel yeah. about it. Uh, and so I totally respect that. Like, not everybody is Karofsky, but not everybody's Bert Hummel. There are, are people in the middle that just don't want to talk about it. Um, and and I, so I, I respected that aspect of it. But it was just, yeah, it was hard to get emotionally invested in this character. Yeah. I've never seen before. But uh, I don't know. Ed, do, do you agree or did it work for you? I mean, you give, you, you give Klee too much credit in the wrong areas. Josh, I think <laughs> you get you give you like don't give enough credit maybe when it needs it, but then when it when when it doesn't, you're like oh here's the credit. No, no. Uh, um, <laughs> I I I had no, like I was I had no problem accepting the fact that Santana had this real attachment to this person and the lines that she talked about Abuelita about how she was trying to sell her and then all these bad things. Those were clearly just throwaway lines, yeah. just for humor, not real, not even not even fake real real just fake 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 <laughs> so um so so that's so that's what i i felt this scene and and this goes with the with the theme that i said it was going to be for the season which is rejection so mm. so just which i said last year was acceptance and this year's rejection and they're just they're just making it true and quintervention will happen oh I quintervention I is there's coming probably gonna, there's only gonna be an episode called quintervention that would be so like, good <laughs> And they're going to use half of my song selections, and they're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, Ed. <laughs> We've never heard of you. It's going to be that. We've never heard of it's you. It's going to be a Quinpocalypse first. That, nice! That girl is going to snap. Oh, we all... Well, here, uh, we definitely want to talk to about that, but uh, before we do, we can take a little listen to this. Uh, here's Mark Salling performing I'm the Only One. On the Kibben flashbacks, anyone? Anyone? <laughs> no, no, just you. Wait, what? Nikki McKibben flashbacks. Uh, uh, here's Mark Salling performing. I'm the only one on the Gleeful podcast. I broke your thingy. Sorry. Please, <laughs> baby, can't you see my mind's a burning hell? I got raises a whip and a tear and a strip in my heart apart as well. Tonight you told me that you wake for something new. 
Everybody in the chat room is talking about Get Glue. I think we have a, um, I think we have a, a gleeful podcast Get Glue sticker. I have to remember. I could have sworn I created one of those at some point uh, that you could get if you listen to the show. Um, but anyway, uh, this this was kind of a fun one. Um, I don't know what's up with Mark Selling's mohawk right now. It's kind of like not. It's kind of like. He's got a comb over. Like, yeah, exactly. So like the producers are saying, you have to have a mohawk. And he's like, fine, then I'm going to have a really wide one that yeah. kind of combs over. It's strange. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fine one. He's not a bad singer when you give him the right song. Jennifer? Yeah, it was kind of fun. And I, I do like all the, you know, the, the side glances and the, you know, the... the missed looks or the crossed looks and everything. I just think that's kind of fun. Uh, and this, of course, leads us into a, dis- a discussion of Pelby. Uh, Ed, is Pelby creepy or is it working for you? Um, my roommate Dita thinks it's super creepy, which doesn't make any sense if you actually know her, but... Um, <laughs> Oh like my! It makes, it makes negative sense. <laughs> I'm like, really? You think that's creepy? Okay, Dita. Um, and I, I, I think it's natural. As, as I think Jen pointed out, Puck is attracted to strong women. So mm-hmm. he is attracted to strong women. I'll give you that. If there's anything, and was, who's Puck. stronger than a five or three? There's three or more time award winning <laughs> national champion of. <laughs> I can't remember if it's... Well, um, what's-his-face was going to go for his fourth win. Well, yeah, that's why That's why I'm saying three, because yeah. I know they had three. But then they <laughs> won the year. Then they won the next year, so I guess four? I don't know. Like four. It, he you... even said as much to, to Shelby when he was like, I was into you because you were a fighter, you know, and, and yeah. now I, I'm bored or whatever. Uh, it's just so strange. I just... I. I, I, the problem I have with Pelvi is that I want to be creeped out about it because it's supposed to be an eight, 18 year old. Why do you want to be creeped out? Because is, it's it's is, supposed is it to not, be. Is he not 18? It's I supposed mean, like, to be an 18 year old high school student, like doing it with his, you know, 30 odd year old professor. Or, well, which is totally t- legal teacher. in the United States, is it not? It's still creepy. Not, there I, are but, plenty but, of but, legal well, things that are still creepy. Puck is so like, I mean. But what it actually is is like he's twenty nine and she's like thirty two. Yeah, so so that's what I struggle with is I look at it and visually it works, but uh, oh. 
We may lose power. We may lose power, folks. It's a crazy windstorm in uh, L.A. right now. And actually, I was reading tweets of some people in L.A. who were complaining about lost power. So (laughs) um, just in case we disappear. (laughs) And let's not forget that, like, Puck is currently sleeping with the mother of his, the girl he tried to bang in season one. And the adopted mother of his own child. Like, that family tree looks like a briar patch. as the Coens. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is pretty kind, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I don't, if it were just, this is going to sound horrible, but, like, if it were just the fact that, you know, Puck was hooking up with the teacher, I'd be like, sure, it happens all the time. At least he's not in sixth grade. <laughs> but then I think, okay, wait a second. She's adopted your baby. She's, <laughs> See, she's, for me, that makes it less creepy. And I'm she like, gave oh. birth to the girl you made out with in season one. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that it's like, I mean, eventually, the eventually Beth is going to be aware of stuff. And it's going to get, it's just going to mess her up. I don't yeah. know. It's just, I, I kind of feel like nobody's thinking of the baby. That's true. There is a the, nobody's being a very responsible parent right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ed, why on earth do you think he told Quinn what was going on? Because he's honest. He's a good boy at heart. <laughs> but come on, we I, know better. It's always it's always like if you're going to be a if you're going to do something bad, Commit to it to a to it 100%, and you might not get in trouble. <laughs> that's like if you if the second you falter a little bit. It's oh, that's over. oh, I see what you mean. And this like, was his misstep. Yeah, this was his falter. I'm like, why? Why you commit? Commit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What was the misstep? Was telling Quinn yeah. or the misstep yeah. was doing Shelby? No, okay. no, no, no. That was that was in the right headed in the right direction. <laughs> Pelby, or I mean, not Pelby. <laughs> I just called her Pelby. Uh, <laughs> Shelby needs to get her life figured out or something because, like, now she's messing with him. Yeah, she's going to move the heck out of Lima. Like, what is she doing there? I I just look at that, like... Troublestones need her so desperately. (laughs) They do. (laughs) The the, the second he told Quinn, and we saw it in the the preview. (gasps) What? Like, when he told Quinn... You know the, about him and Shelby. Oh, I didn't um, see the preview. I don't watch. Oh, it was it was in the yeah it was in I the know. preview last week. Um, all I could think is like, yeah, this is a uh, uh, like the, the, There's no motivation for that. That's just the writers like needing to <laughs> needing to move and some, mo- motivate some stuff along. I cannot in my in any amount of thinking figure out why like what he was thinking, how he thought that because he'd even acknowledged a scene earlier that she was crazy and broken and like. You know, a disaster, which again, and high maintenance. That was like, yeah, like Puck is suddenly kind of with it this year. It's bizarre. He's in this weird place of like kind of knowing the score all of a sudden, and 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 reacting to it as opposed to just you know, I mean, because old Puck would have just gone with Quinn. You know, he didn't care. Like, yeah, he would just he was more impulsive. But now, but now he's trying (laughs) to think things out, and it's like I just don't understand. It's like okay, fine. You know, they did it, and then Shelby pushed him away, said he had to leave. And, I mean, he's now going to destroy all of their lives? Like, I mean... Yeah. Like, I mean, I understand he was rejected, but I didn't... 
understand why that still, like how that justified him now destroying. And he knows what Quinn was capable of to, to get Beth back, you know, planting all that stuff in her apartment and yeah. calling child services. And then trying to have a kid with him just to like have to another, another one. Yeah. <laughs> It, it 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 didn't seem to have any uh, any motivation that that particular action, but but it will definitely make for some fun next season or next episode. Yeah. Uh, at sectionals, things will definitely get wacky and wild. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it it it's strange. I mean, the whole Pelby thing, and all we can assume is that it's going to blow up and get messy and and hurt everyone involved. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, television. Uh, well, we had our very first Dot Marie Jones song this week. Yeah. No, we no. Did she have no? Oh, she did the country song. That's right. Yeah, she the, she did do the country song. Something uh, whiskey. Something. Yeah, it's something with three shots of whiskey. Something. something, something yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the the karaoke song. It's one of those songs that every minute in America, someone's singing it at karaoke. Um, but we got her first solo. How's that? We got her first solo on uh, one of the greatest songs ever written, Jolene. Here's a Dot Marie Jones on the Gleeful Podcast. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 please don't take him just because you can. Your beauty is beyond compare With flaming locks of golden hair With ivory skin and eyes of emerald green Your smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain And I cannot compete with you, Jolene He talks about you in his sleep And there's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name, Jolene And I could easily understand how you could easily take my man But you don't know what he means to me, Jolene Jolene, 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 Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my man This was a pretty solid showing for her first song on the show And I mean, they, you know, they definitely... They, they 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 gave her a great song to do, so that didn't hurt. Uh, that didn't hurt her showing, but yeah, some some vocals from Dot. Ed, what did you think of uh, Dot's first solo? I thought it was good. Brooke White flashbacks, um, <laughs> among other among other people. My my references are always like reality show based, but you you already know you already know this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was capable. Jennifer Dot Marie Jones. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, a really nice performance. I also felt that it did such a great job of, you know, again using the songs to convey their emotions, and then you can see other stuff that's been happening, and you know, just just so she's, you know, she uh, she got to express her 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 jealousy of Sue and um, Cooter. And, um, Cooter the recruiter. Cooter the recruiter. And that was kind of <laughs> odd. I mean, it feels like he was so, you know, he was so into her and he, he, he was really determined. And then because it was becoming more of a platonic relationship, he, you know, went back 
apparently he and Sue have been, you know, hooking up since the late nineties. Yeah, for a long time now. <laughs> her so. list of booty calls from her book that oh. was labeled Sue's Booty Calls. So funny. <laughs> like <laughs> oh man, like Stephen Baldwin, I think was in there. Yeah. <laughs> like just the most random list. At her very end of the end. Uh, you know, tough break, David Boreanaz. Like, just a, <laughs> where'd that come from? Well, you know, <laughs> he did he, nothing. He to likes you. to do a little something on the side. So, <laughs> yeah, that kind, the whole that whole thing kind of made me a little bit sad. And you know, I just, I mean, now to bring Sue in it, but I just thought that was whole, that was really funny when she's like, I don't understand why this this person could make these accusations about me. I'm I'm tall. I'm mannish. I, I have short hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, and somebody tweeted something about, uh, you know, Sue ever shown interest in men. And she was dating the anchor or yeah. hooking up with Rod the Rod Remington. Yeah. So, I mean, she's definitely been. In, oh, and then she kind of like for half half a song, she kind of got caught up in uh, the emotions with Will there. Yeah. Well, and, and she uh, I think she had sex with Brian Ryan. In yeah. that episode. Oh, that's right. She had like a secret room above her office or something a- like that. Oh, is it angry sex or revenge sex? <laughs> it's the only kind it's they ever have or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it's awesome. She's been, you know. <clears throat> but uh but yeah, I thought that was I thought it was really nice. It, it was nice to see that. See her get a, a solo. And uh and, and it was an interesting plot line too, you know, with uh with Bert and the two, the two elections, you know, coming yeah, coming to the fore. Uh, Bert defeated Sue, which I was excited about. Uh, Sue, it was it was almost a little disappointing though because it kind of we didn't really get to see it happen as much as we just saw like the headline after it happened. Yes. you know, we didn't get to see like where Sue st- or where Bert started to win. You know, I really wanted to watch that like his victory lap. Um, whatever he did to like finally overtake the election, uh, and uh, but we did get to see that, and then of course we had uh, Rachel stuffing the ballot box so that Kurt would win and they could go to Nyata. We now have Rachel who can no longer perform at sectionals. It's going on her permanent record that she's she stuffed the banned. ballot box, and we have Kurt who did not win senior class president. I think it's safe to say nobody's going to Nyata next season. Well, and everybody's staying in Lima for at least one more year until their contracts are up. They'll be assistant glee directors or something. Oh yes, exactly. Well, they'll, they'll you know that's exactly what I mean. Some reason to keep them at mm-hmm. uh, Rachel in and town. Kurt will be hired to be the coaches of Vocal Adrenaline. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that'd be crazy television, wouldn't it? Just called it. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, yes, and and Jesse will get hired to coach New Directions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like assisting. Oh my god! Now that's even better. <laughs> How did you? What did you think of all that stuff, Ed? Uh, uh, you know, we had just enough Kurt in this episode, in my opinion, with the election, and then we had Rachel stuffing the ballot box. Uh, I thought. Well, me, me, and Dita were discussing this over dinner. I was like, why didn't she? apply some logic only do 30 votes <laughs> i know like, like the math isn't that hard <laughs> so, so that's 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 what we we're discussing that was so, yeah so it's 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 more like rachel why didn't you why why didn't you think about this more i mean you're supposedly a good 4.0 student etc cetera, etc cetera, whatever you, whatever you claim to be but no, you couldn't you couldn't do the math yeah, on this that's one? a really that's a really silly mistake 
Yeah, it, she definitely didn't do her homework on that one. It was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but then it, again, well, no, I was gonna say, but then again, she still uses MySpace to post her videos. But then, <laughs> but then, no, there was a reference that not even Rachel's on MySpace anymore. So. Yes, that did just, come up. I mean, at the end of the day, however we got there, the concept of having a, a sectionals without Rachel, like well, that's big. Well, it's exciting because we already know she's gonna get the big number at nationals and regionals so it's it's time to let other people shine why don't we know I felt, that i just felt because? bad for poor damien mcginty who was like had literally <laughs> i saw him for like three seconds I'm like oh and this totally counts as one of your episodes doesn't it <laughs> no he didn't say anything though oh it totally counts as one of his episodes no. I know, i'm so sorry mr damien i'm no, so sorry i refuse to accept that i think I, I honestly think next week at sectionals is going to be the last time we ever see rory and then it'll be Samuel time. And, uh, and but we still haven't seen Alex. And we said, oh, yeah, we'll see Alex eventually as well. But I'm just saying my opinion is it's going to be Samuel time after sectionals. Uh, you think he'll be uh, Samuel will be on a competing team? I have no opinion on the subject. Oh, OK. <laughs> Ed, do you think Samuel will be on a competing team? I'm sure Lindsay uh, will. Sam, no, Samuel's going to be a well, from what I've gathered from my interview which i could actually say uh it seemed like he was going to be a part of the 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 high school all right Mm -hmm. so so i i think alex is more going to be the competing team if you're yeah, yeah, I can see that, definitely. Yeah, well, Typo brought up something. Totally reminded me of something that Rory's face, Damien's face during the I Kissed a Girl number was, hel- he had the best reaction shots in this episode possibly ever on this show. At one point, he was like doing raspberries like during the I Kissed a Girl number. He was just like, <laughs> like totally. It was hilarious. Well, I'm going to have to rewatch Fanning that. Fanning himself. It was, it was great stuff. What were you saying? I'm going to have to rewatch that. Until they miss that. Um, oh, but the thing I was going to say before that is that even if, um, you know, Alex and um, uh, Lindsay and, and Samuel, like even if they were on competing teams, sorry, I'll stop playing with this. Um, <laughs> it, it, these kids jump high school like, I don't know, like changing a hairstyle. They're like yeah. just all over the place. <laughs> so it's apparently it's really, really easy to transfer schools apparently back and forth back and forth so um it could still happen but yeah well we got tons of three word reviews let's go ahead and take a listen to a couple of them now uh hey guys it's listener christine also known as hello moto 237 on the live streaming i just wanted to leave a three word review for i kissed a girl and that is pelby did it Ooh. Okay, I'll be listening live, you guys. Thanks. Bye. Like that, that was a three-word review and a sound effect. Uh, oh, OMG, I love Hello Moto. I love her. Aww. Uh, here's... In, addition, in addition to being Australian, she also voted for Three Wishes, which puts her pretty high up in my books. <laughs> which I, I am... I never got a chance to address this on the show. Three Wishes didn't win, and I'm upset. <laughs> Carry on with your lives. Uh, here's Alicia. If you can. If you can. Ed. Okay. <laughs> from the top, one more time. Hi, Josh, Joe, and Ed. This is listener Alicia from Boston, and my three-word review is done with Pelly. I'm so done with that storyline. I just wish they would end it. All right, thanks. Bye. 
And here is uh, Abby. Hi, it's listener Abby from Texas. I was just calling to tell you my thoughts about this last night's episode. Um, I liked it a lot. It was interesting, kind of different. Um, I honestly, I actually thought Brittany was gonna lose. That was like what was supposed to happen, but um, guess they changed it. Um, I really liked all of the parts. I love the acoustic. Girls just want to have fun, and I thought it was really nice. Um, I can't believe Rachel actually took the blame for that, but, I mean, whatever. That just doesn't seem like Rachel's thing to do. And I love Rory's expression during I Kissed a Girl because he's staring at them all. But the way he's looking at them, it is the most hilarious thing on the planet. Uh, Look forward to the show. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, Jennifer, I'll have to go back and take a listen or watch that scene again. It okay. Yeah. Uh, here's listener Tiffany. Hey, Justin and Ed. This is Tiffany from Memphis. I've got a three-word review for last night's episode. Perfect was awkward. I mean, I love Clay just as much as anyone else, but that was a really strange song for them. Anyway, love the podcast and can't wait to hear it. Bye. Uh, and here's something we haven't talked about a bit, uh, listener typo. <laughs> Hey, y'all, it's Typo in warm and glamorous Toronto. I won't comment about the lack of Daddy's Berry or how Grandma Petters made me cry for Santana, nor will I use this opportunity to rant about Pelby. Instead, here is my nine-word review. Blaine's hair gel budget is literally eating Kurt's sweaters. Night. Like, what was up with the half sweater? That was so weird. That is not the weirdest sweater he's ever worn. Touche. Uh, very, very good point. Uh, but now that she said that, when we rewatched the episode, all I can see is the amount of hair gel in Blaine's hair. And we need to get Sue in on making fun of Blaine's hair. I mean, I think that's just totally logical, right? Isn't that the well, next step? I mean, well, Santana's, you know, taking up. The, the slack of it yes there you go she'll she'll lay into him yeah uh, and one last message uh from of course caitlin and sarah hi justin uh, this is caitlin with sarah this time and we may not be math majors but with sectionals next week some things weren't adding up so we took a count even with them new directions would only have 10 members and our count for the trouble tones was eight or nine so either ryan murphy is going to throw out the rule he spent the first half of season one drilling into our heads and hope we don't notice or he forgot and can't do math. Well, obviously, <laughs> since Blaine's a junior now. Or maybe she was just so used to uh, things just working, magically working out the last minute, that he isn't even concerned. Or maybe Brad counts as one, since he's on stage two and I'm grasping for straws now. Anyway, our favorite part of the episode. If I want to win, I'll have to pull a JFK. We're going to shoot Brittany. And our least favorite part, Kurt's very distracting outfit during his duet with Blaine. It was part shawl, part sweater, part shirt. It confused me. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the podcast. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. That was classic. Well, wow. thanks, everybody, uh, for for your voicemails. I love Three River Reviews. I think it's the greatest idea ever, which I think was Clayton and Sarah's idea, actually. Um, so thank you to everybody uh, and all that. Do we have anything else, guys, or are we pretty much done with this one? I, I think we covered everything on the episode. We covered the election. We covered uh, Niata. 
the, the, uh, I, th I think so. Ed, did we forget anything? Um, I don't think so. I All mean, right. I'm sure we, I'm sure. I've always like braced for the impact of a long break. You know, it isn't happening just quite yet. <laughs> and there's lots of other episodes we need to rehash. <sighs> Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we might have missed something, but the opportunity will arise. I promise. Oh, yes. We, we always get to everything. Um, we're not going to get time to listen to Corey's cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but I think that will probably make most people happy. Um, I didn't hate it, but it did feel kind of strangely out of place, like not the best use of his skills, you know? Uh, Jennifer, what did you think of that one? I thought it was... I liked it. Um, I, I just, yeah, I thought it was it was a, a fresh departure, and I, I think that if he had sung in his typical style, it just made the, the emotional um, conveyance wouldn't be there. So I, I, I thought it was really nice. And Ed, uh, Corey's cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun? I thought it was good. It, well, it brought something new to the track. I mean, yeah. that's that's what I want, and it was awesome. So, Well, there yeah. you go. So, uh, so uh, ironically, I'm the only one he didn't win over, the big Finn fan on the show. <laughs> um, that's about it for us. Ed, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Yes, I would. Uh, Kayla W. Court Wart. And Scotty Girl 81 and Starry Raccoon, thank you for the reviews. Oh, and that's right. Even, even, even during our Glee, I mean, our pod holiday. Not a pod fade. Yes. Pod holiday. And yes, Houseaholic, uh, currently your new state representative is Bert Hummel. So get excited about that <laughs> uh, to all of our Ohio listeners. Uh, and that's about it for us for the Gleeful Podcast. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B. Creative, and he's at Edward Giordano. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast and join the conversation with the other listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss another episode of Glee for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Oh, and uh, uh, we're totally glossing over Constant Craving in the background, which last week I was going to go out on a limb and say that the Adele cover, or the Adele mashup, would go down as the best song of the season. This Constant Craving song, this is giving it a run for its money as best song of the season for season three. Uh, for the Glyphs Podcast, good night, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. Night. <laughs>